This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Good morning, a very early morning. I'm George Thomas from the Akron Beacon Journal with Nate Ulrich from the Akron Beacon Journal, Steve Dorschick from the Canton Repository, Marla Reidenauer from the Beacon Journal. What a mess. <laughs> what a hot, stinking mess. An ugly mess. We we all said the Browns won ugly last week. Well, they lost ugly today. And or tonight, whatever you want to call it. And the first thought that, that came to me is what the heck's wrong with the offense? You know, the defense has been getting pounded most of the season and rightly so for not producing takeaways. They picked Lamar Jackson off four times tonight, and the offense A can't comp are capitalized, and B, they look stilted most of the evening. Thoughts? George, they totally got um, manhandled in the running game, which was a huge issue when you come in with the number one rushing offense. And it's it suddenly just stopped, like, running into a brick wall. I mean, that was a huge issue. Obviously, Baker Mayfield hasn't been good enough. Um, but that running game, you know, with Kareem Hunt back and, you know, the, the tandem of Hunt and Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb together for the first time since way back in, you know, I think it was uh, it was the Chargers game. I think that was an October 10th game. But Hunt, seven carries for 20 yards, 2.9 average. Chubb, eight carries for 16 yards for just an average of two. I was really surprised that they weren't able to run on this Ravens team. And I, I just think that that is – a demoralizing thing for this offense. That's their identity, and the Ravens took it away. And as I noted in my column, just real quick, they they were averaging 20, over 27 points a game in the games that Hunt and Chubb were both on the field. So um, to play this poorly and Hunt didn't catch a pass, I mean, that was what I thought they were going to use him for tonight. Um, that was stunning as well. I'm going to uh, stick with the point I've been making uh, for a while now about um, Stefanski needing to have rested Baker Mayfield one more week than he, he actually did, that that uh, Kevin uh, should have played. Uh, he, he should have played Case Keenum uh, in the Pittsburgh game uh, a week after Keenum had uh, reasonable success and won a game against uh, Denver. So I'm staying there and saying that's the uh, the problem with the offense. But uh, one thing, um, I'm not sure quite uh, that I heard Stefanski uh, right tonight uh, when he was asked, uh, did he consider uh, uh, putting, um, putting Baker on the bench? And uh, did he uh, say, why would I do that? Am I right there? Did he get chippy about that? 
Yeah, but the question was, is there a possibility you would make a quarterback change during the bye week? Okay, yeah. Well, that and it's it's kind of the same thing whether he would have done an in game tonight or or during sure. the bye week. But uh, yeah. when when Kevin said, uh, "Why would I do that?" That's what he said, right? He uh, a- answered it with a question. Yes. Well, he's saying that to me is just being stubborn uh, uh, from the standpoint of not respecting uh, the obvious the obvious arguments that would go uh, to playing Keenum. Um, my um, my thought is that the offense. Uh, couldn't possibly have done worse with Keenum most of the time since uh, that that Denver game. Of course, the the glaring exception would have been uh, the Cincinnati game in which uh, Baker played well and the whole team uh, had its had its game of the year. But the offense has been uh, as weak in the other games, uh, well, e- even weaker in the New England game. The the offense has just been exceptionally weak. With the, with Baker at quarterback, in in my opinion, it's a, a simple product of a Baker is not himself, and he shouldn't be out there in his current physical condition, and that Kevin should have been playing Case Keenum starting that Pittsburgh game, and he should be playing Case Keenum now, and that's the problem, in my opinion. Back to the run game real quick. Here, here's Did they abandon the run game, or did – Baltimore, Baltimore forced him to abandon the run game. I, I look at the number of carries. Hunt got seven. Chubb got eight. Is that enough for either of them to build any kind of rhythm running the ball? No, but I think that they got away from it because they just weren't successful enough and they didn't stick with it. And I think that these two things are connected with Baker Mayfield playing hurt, the passing game not being what it needs to be. The Ravens sold out to stop the run because they knew that that's what they needed to do. Let Baker Mayfield try to beat them, and that was the recipe for success. Um, so, yeah, George, I mean, when you look at the carries, you're like, I mean, I, obviously you'd like to see Kareem Hunt with 15 carries, not with the two of them combined with 15 carries. I mean, but I think that that's exactly what happened. I think that the that was – the number one priority of the Ravens. And we've seen other teams do it where they're just not respecting this passing game and the Browns haven't made teams pay for it. Well, There's the other thing. Some bad luck involved here from this standpoint too. I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but uh, to me it's uh, it's huge that Conklin went out of the game as early as he did. Uh, the, the game plan uh, that uh, we might've seen would have been uh, a lot different. I think had Conklin stayed in the game and, um, when uh, a right tackle of that quality goes out and is replaced by uh, a, an undrafted guy, uh, Blake Hans, uh, you're just not playing the same sport anymore. So I think that was just uh, in, in addition to the um, the uh, inefficient uh, things and the uh, the bad play calling, uh, if you will, uh, um, you're, you're, you're just really un- unlucky that you were not able to execute and carry on with a game plan that uh, – that would have looked uh, way different had Conklin uh, stayed in the game. You know what? Yeah. I, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you mention play calling while we we we've done this. Um, you normally focus on execution. So, what was different in your mind tonight? Was well, the the rhythm? Uh, what what was different? Well, I, I'm mentioning play calling because when you're planning, uh, when you were putting together your game plan during the week, and you have Jack Conklin available. 
the, the plan that you're putting together with Conklin is, uh, is if not uh, night and day, close to it uh, for what you're going to be able to draw up when you have uh, a lesser a lesser guy at right tackle. I mean, uh, all of the run plays that you're calling uh, are, uh, are half predicated on what's up front. Uh, if you have if I'm a play caller and I have Conklin, uh, it's going to be a way different uh, plan than uh, if I have a uh, an undrafted uh, undrafted guy playing right tackle. So when I that's it, I'm not hammering Stefanski for uh, for um, I, well it, the play calling didn't work. Let's say that, but I'm not hammering because he was just uh, stuck when he lost his uh, ace right tackle. What were you going to say, Marla? Well, I do think that losing Conklin, I thought also was a deflating moment when he's battled through two different injuries to get back, you know, knee, then a dislocated elbow. I, I think that that's sort of, I don't know if it deflated the team, but that also, you know, Stefanski, it's on him to adjust and he didn't. But I do think there was a mental aspect to that. But it, going with what Nate said about selling out to stop the run, I mean, they don't need to pressure Baker Mayfield. He's throwing it all over the map, even without pressure. So, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, they're going the rest of the way. I mean, he he's throwing it high and wide and low, and I still can't figure out if David and Joku got his finger underneath that touchdown pass. But um, no, but I mean, what I'm saying is, this is what they're going to get the rest of the year. But Marlo, go ahead and put Keith Keenum in there. And then you don't have to uh, be resigned uh, to to uh, feeling like you're stuck with uh, getting that uh, from uh, a Baker Mayfield who's not physically fit to, to throw the passes. Do you agree that uh, Keenum should be in there? I do think the Baker. I mean, you're. I don't think you would be. To in my mind, you don't be. You're not benching Baker because he's hurt. You're benching him because he's underperforming. He's he's killing your team. He's. You have no passing game. You can't score any points. I mean, I, I I think that's more the message that needs to be sent rather than, oh, we know you're hurt. Let's let, give you another week to rest. I mean, the guy deserves the guy deserves to be benched for his performance. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. But I disagree with that. I think uh, I was I was talking about this week, uh, this point last week, uh, in terms of Bruce Arians being adamant that uh, Tim Couch was allowed to be beat to death and literally beat out of the league uh, by being out there when he shouldn't have been out there. So uh, in, in my mind, you are benching him because uh, he's not physically fit to play and he's uh, not performing very well because he's not physically fit to be able to do so. Well, I'll give you that. I mean, I haven't given up on the fact, but I, I do worry that he's going to turn into some of those other quarterbacks we've seen who, get banged to death and then they lose themselves and you never get it back. You know, they're just, you know, it's kind of a flaw stunts their development when they lose their confidence, when they go through things like this. More on the offense. What exactly happened with Kareem tonight? Was he at a pitch count? Did they say? I don't know. They didn't say he was on a pitch count, but there was something going on. Um, Stefanski said that he would have been on the field in the two-minute at the end of the game, the two-minute mode at the end of the game, the, the final possession, but he wasn't because his leg was tight. So, you know, was that 
I presume that means that that was his right leg, that he, this is his first game back from that calf injury he missed five games with. So I think that may have affected his play time, whether it was a pitch count or whether he was just feeling it. Um, I think that there was something there. And Stefanski said, at least on that final possession, that that was the case. We, you talked about, you guys talked about losing Jack Conklin. Harrison Bryant's loss. Yeah. How much did that affect the offense and what they were interested in, interested in doing, do you think? He was the leader, wasn't he, tonight in, uh, in receiving yards, and he was targeted several times and, and hurt a little bit. I didn't think it was monumental, but, uh, yeah, every little uh, bit uh, helps when you're trying to uh, figure out what your passing game even is. He was second to Landry, um, Steve, but he – or yeah, Landry had the the fairly big night. Yeah, yeah, he did have obviously a a big gain on got hurt on it, forty one yard catch. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was. I mean, they need <laughs> they need these guys, and yeah, so every everything that happens like that is a blow. Um, but yeah, I thought Conklin was was the big one, and I think Marlowe's right that it was deflating, and because these guys, I think that Conklin's a really well-liked guy in the locker room and he had missed the last three games at the dislocated elbow. He missed two games earlier in the season with knee. So it's just one thing after another. And it was really kind of, um, it was kind of sad to see what ha- the way he got up and he, he tried to walk off the field. You can tell he's a guy with a lot of pride He walked to the sideline and his knee buckled, buckled and he almost fell. Um, and it was just a, I mean, that's just it just gives you a, a bad kind of uh, punch in the gut feeling when you see a guy going through that. So I do think that was deflating. Plus, it makes you come to your senses uh, and uh, realize in a moment that losing a guy like that probably for the rest of the way now is going to have um, uh, really severe consequences. It takes me back to the 2014 season when the Browns uh, – really played a great game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in that game, unfortunately, Alex Mack broke his leg. And at that point, you realize that, wow, what a moment. The Browns are killing the Steelers, and everybody in town is uh, is really plugged into the team now. The team really looks like it, it has a chance to play some really good football. But uh, at, at that moment, when you realize that uh, they're going to be playing football without one of their best players, namely at that point, Alex Mack, then uh, some writing is on the wall, and that season did fall apart. And now you're losing uh, Conklin uh, probably for the season, it would appear at least. And uh, and whereas um, uh, they have a, a better overall roster now and are more equipped and better equipped to uh, kind of get their act together and maybe have a chance, it's still a, a similar blow uh, to the MAC one uh, to lose uh, Conklin tonight. Yes, it is a huge blow. Kevin Stefanski called it a serious injury. He said it'll let the MRA confirmed, confirm uh, whether it's that uh, torn patellar tendon, but that that's the report um, from ESPN. So yeah, he would be out for the season, and they would ha- the Browns. Obviously, I mean, big picture, we should state it, guys. Like, I mean, in my mind, they their only chance is to win out. I mean, there are different scenarios where, you know, they, they could win um, four of their last five games to get to 10 wins, but they would need a lot of help. 
because of how bunched up it is in the AFC and the tiebreakers. They've lost to some of these other contending teams. Um, so in my mind, really, it, it would take the miracle of winning out the final five games for them to to make it to the playoffs. And, you know, you're going to be trying to do that with a, a, a team that's, what, scored more than 17 points once in its last seven games and now is, like Steve said, without one of its best players in the all-pro right tackle Conklin. Nate, I, I think there's a, uh, in, in my mind at least, you could be right, uh, winning out might be our only way. But uh, the reason I think there's a, a better chance than winning out is going back to the one season prior to 2020 when they did make the playoffs. And uh, as that season was going along, the, uh, the 2002 season when they made the playoffs with a 9-7 uh, and seven record, there was a feel at some point during the season, especially in game 15 when it looked like, eh, they're playing uh, at at Baltimore, and uh, it looked like they weren't going to uh, win that game. And and uh, everybody at that point, uh, much later in the season than we are now, was assuming that uh, you know they they were just uh, playing for pride uh, the rest of the way. Somehow they uh, won that game at Baltimore. Somehow at nine and seven the next week uh, they got in, and uh, somehow the uh, the week after that they uh, should have won the, the game at Pittsburgh. So I, I guess I see. Uh, um, uh, a way in just just in terms of their funny things can happen in the NFL and if they uh, can somehow manage to lose only one more game I, I guess it's in the back of my mind that uh, that enough crazy things are going to happen to other teams that they will still possibly have a decent chance to make it if they can go four and one the rest of the way we, we agree we agree they just like I said they just would need a good amount of help I think so um, you know but what, whatever, five and zero, oh, four and one. Are these things like? Are either yeah. of these things likely? That's, a, that's the question. Here's no. the question. What do they have to do to flip that? I don't see that, how they're even beating the Bengals, much less Green Bay or the Ravens again. The last time uh, we said that, they want the Bengals. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good a good thing. <laughs> yeah, they've got a long way to to get to that finale. For- to even worry about the Bengals. Well, no, but what I'm saying is these teams that they're playing are scoring 37 points a game. I mean, yeah. you've got some serious things to work out, and I don't know if this is going to be like last year's bye when you're going to throw out a bunch of stuff and do what you do best. I mean, you would presume they've done some of that already. One thing we haven't done, uh, I think the the defense that does deserve a tip of the cap. I thought they, uh, they played relative to the competition they were facing uh, – Jackson, uh, um, and 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 aside just from the the fact that they made four picks, that's fantastic, obviously. But uh, I thought they uh, they did some real nice things, both scheme wise, uh, execution wise, and uh, and in terms of getting uh, some uh, nice play out of some uh, real key people. Like JOK uh, might have had his best game tonight, and so I, I thought there was at least something uh, amid the depression to, to hang your uh, hat on and uh, at least smile a little about a little bit and give you a little bit of hope. Well, they've been really antsy, to, you know, to get this takeaway thing, you know, the breakthrough. So it does seem to be really going in the right direction. I mean, that would be, you're going to need that to continue if you're going to make a playoff push. They're going to need everything they can muster to make a playoff push. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, after after Baltimore's first touchdown, I just said, game. That that's that's how much confidence I had in that offense. I game, this is over. 
Yeah, and it was a remarkable play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Lamar Jackson threw four picks, but he also made a play that, you know, maybe only he can make, and that was it. And, you know, I mean, defensively, yeah, there's a lot to like in, in, in the way they played. Um, but just the, to only get the three points off the four interceptions is maddening. And, I mean, aside from that, and we've talked about the offense, the lack of firepower, the lack of scoring, um, where's the discipline? I mean, it just hasn't been there. I mean, we saw too many men on the field before and after a timeout. I mean, <laughs> we saw – Malik McDowell hitting Lamar Jackson out of bounds. Um, it it's just over and over again. There were some some uh, other special teams uh, instances uh, with guys uh, coming on late. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's very weird to me that they were so good about that kind of stuff last year under Stefanski, and it's just snowballed on them this year. And I don't see how all of a sudden they they turn that around. I mean, that's just that's who they are right now. I mean, you know, it, he they're trying things at practice. Guys are coming right off the field after committing penalties. It's not working. All right, guys. I'm sure you you and Merlin really want to go right to bed, right? <laughs> I don't think so. But well, I think we've got a lot more to write still tonight. We're we're gonna wrap it up. For uh, Steve Dorschuk, Marlon Reidenauer, Nate Ulrich, we're going to call it a night. Read us, read all their coverage in the Akron Beacon Journal and Canton Repository. Canton Rep, is it cantonrep.com, Steve? Yes, it is. And beaconjournal.com. Have at it. The talk shows are going to be fun this week. Social media, I'm not going anywhere near it. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.